Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Watch Time. As today, we're going to be talking about a topic that uh, I think, you know, pretty much everyone's going to be familiar with. You guys as an audience, me as a channel who's actually been a part of one, Grace as someone who's kind of been on the more management behind the scenes side. It's a topic we've talked about specifically in regards to click, but today I think we're keen to go a little bit more general, which is the topic of YouTube groups. When you get a whole bunch of YouTubers coming together, you've seen it with the ClickHouse, you've seen it with stuff like Team 10. YouTube groups are all over YouTube. They're coming in all shapes and sizes and today we're going to delve into the pros the cons the wins the losses the other stuff yep anyway hi i'm here with my sister grace she's ceo of click management <laughs> and my name is Muzalk. i'm a youtuber with uh i was oh my god i'm so close to being able to say 9 million subscribers oh right my now gosh, i'm so excited right now it's too late and give will me one week. Will it be by next week, though? Will it be by next week? I think it'll be... Everyone hold me to this. Hopefully, at the start of the next Watch Time episode, you'll be hearing a 9 million flex. I think yes. I'm... Uh, I think I'm... I'll seven, bring the balloons. I think I'm 70,000 away. And I reckon, especially with the new season dropping, I can do 10K a day. I can do yeah, that. Yeah, I, 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 um, I was checking your social blade yesterday, actually, because I was like, damn, everyone's having a fair bit of growth at the moment. Like, Tanner's about to hit a million subscribers. Yeah. Ilse is about to hit 100,000, which is just crazy given she's done like three videos. Yeah. But um, yeah, I feel like it's going to be a month of milestones for for a bunch of people. Yeah. Like for me, all I can think is that, you know, like I feel like it's way, it's going to be way easier to grow while everyone's still stuck home. And obviously people are starting to no longer be stuck at home. <laughs> so you really, you gotta, you gotta take advantage of the growth when you can. I gotta get. It's like now is the time. Now is the time. I gotta get as close to ten as I can before everyone goes back to living their normal life. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. By next week, we're there. We can pray. <laughs> All right. So, guys, influencer houses, YouTube houses, influencer collectives. I feel like they don't even need to be in the same house anymore. They're blowing up at the moment with a whole new wave of influencer houses at the moment. I feel like with the Hype House and the Sway House, are they joining forces? Who knows? Okay, I've not heard the biggest, about either of these. They're the biggest TikTok houses. Yeah. So their influence is insane. They have like the D'Amelios, they have Addison Ray, they have like a bunch of the big, big um, TikTok stars. And actually last week, I believe they just moved into the old phase house, which is kind of funny because it makes you realize like that maybe there aren't that many houses that can cater for like 10 bedrooms <laughs> and, um, and that sort of thing in LA. So and also, they're all just hey, recycling through them. <laughs> yeah. And also, Hey, you know, that $20 million house that you just built, can we chuck like 10, 20-year-olds who are keen to basically just throw parties all week in there. That's good. Yeah, okay, great. I don't think many people really go for that. Well, yeah. On that note, I think some people um, broke into the old Hype House and there was still like a bunch of shit there, which was reminiscent of, I was like, oh, memories of the Click House when we ran one. <laughs> there was still so much crap there left just at the like end mess. of it. Just like mess. 
Yeah, and I think I think they're still paying rent for it. They must have had a bit of like overlap time, but um, it's nice. Yeah, it's been, nice when TikTok's house or the new hype house. We've we've been to a few parties there, so I was seeing the videos and I was like, ah, oh, memories, I memories. Th- that's interesting because I saw that Phase moved recently, but I thought they were still in the same that they got that in like addition to the houses that they had. But that's interesting that they took over the old ones. Kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. So um. So yeah, but today we're going to break down, firstly, I think why creative collectives and houses are so good for the influencers. And then we'll move to brands and we'll move for why audiences love them as well. And obviously, uh, Elliot and I started a creator house a couple of years ago now called The Click House, um, which I think a bunch of you know about. We've spoken about it on previous episodes. And that was a house that we started in Sydney, Australia, with six of the biggest Fortnite channels at the time. We started a group channel that grew very, very rapidly to 2 million subscribers in a period of a couple months. And, um, and we wound down sort of production on that a few months ago. But it definitely gave us a very good behind-the-scenes insight into what it takes to run these, which is harder than what it might appear on the on the surface. So I'm really keen to sort of talk about this with our experience having done it and then um, also obviously seeing a bunch of them online as well. But firstly, Elliot, um, benefits, benefits of creator houses for the creators themselves. Like, do you want to just go high level on that well, for a second? Yeah, because I was actually going to say, I think one interesting distinction between uh, what we did with Click and I guess kind of what places like FaZe do is we had that community hub channel. Whereas I know a lot of these collab uh, guys, they they kind of, they might have a community hub channel, but they don't really have a production team or any organization behind it. A lot of them don't even have that at all. It's just kind of like their audiences know that they all live together. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, obviously I, I think the the there's a lot of benefits. I mean, there's benefits in a business sense. There's benefits in a kind of personal life sense, which is that I I think a lot of the time when you're a creator, uh, number one, it can be very solitary. I I can't speak for TikTok people, but it's a lot of work. So a lot of the time you're really kind of hunkered down, focused for a lot of the day. So kind of being in a communal space. (laughs) A little shady. What? (laughs) You're saying it's not hard work for the TikTokers? No, 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 no. I'm saying the lifestyle. I'm saying that TikTokers <laughs> look like they go maybe go out and do a bit more stuff. But as a gaming YouTuber, I'm not going yeah. out recording TikToks on a beach. I'm in my no. room staring at a screen. No, I think TikTok's probably way more work, man. I can't imagine trying to come up with that many like ideas a day. Or unless you're just a dancing person. But anyway, that's now, now I feel like I'm throwing shade. Uh, um, but yeah, you know, I feel like there, there's a lot of benefit in just the sense of having kind of like collaborative work environment. Because I think typically yeah. it's, it's very, very solo. I think there's also just the element of it's pretty fun to like live with people who are like-minded and friendly and you're all kind totally, of on the same wavelength. Totally. Like I, I think- That was something that I feel like with the click house was immediately obvious was you guys previously would have gone from spending what, 12 to 14 hours a day just in your office at home mm. online. And of course it's like social, you're talking to friends on online and that sort of thing, but it's very it's a very independent career. You're not getting feedback from anyone else. You're not able to easily bounce ideas off. And I think that was something that we found starting the click house was amazing was you'd walk in and it'd just be like everyone in the kitchen talking about ideas or looking at YouTube videos and analyzing that person's thumbnail or title strategy or um, all of that sort of thing. And it was so nice to have a bunch of like-minded people that one, 
can understand and relate to what you do and can inspire you as well. Like how many times do you feel like um, each of you were inspired to go create or make a video because the other person was and you were like, oh, I don't just want to sit around in the living room if I know everyone else is working hard. Yeah, no, 100%. I think, yeah, I mean, I, basically to sum it up, I'd say there are the business benefits, like when we'd all huddle around thinking about ideas or we'd be like, oh, you know, it'd be really fun to do duos right now and I'll knock on Cray's door and he'll be like, yeah, I'm keen. Or, uh, and then there's also just like the social benefits, which are, you know, like everyone being suddenly developing the keenness, like go to the gym together. Or a lot of people who would normally be more introvert, really, really hard to get out of the house. Suddenly they're in an environment where they got me there being like, yo, guys, let's go out right now, pool club, have some drinks. It's going to be a good time. And then it yeah. like, you know, I think it, it brings out a lot of, um, of the best between people and then pushes it on to others. Okay, what I want to drill into now, though, is the business benefits of this. Yeah. So it's all nice to like live with your friends, whatever. But what are the real tangible benefits that come from being in a group? Because there's a number. And the first one I talk, want to talk about is that cross-pollination of audiences. And this was something that we noticed immediately when we started the ClickHouse. Um, we kicked off the channel with a giveaway and um, one entry mechanism of the giveaway was that everyone had to follow everyone in the house. And that was part of it. It was also just part of the fact that suddenly you were having like Baza on a video with Laserbeam or Kath yeah. was a, with a video with Elliot and um, and their audiences that might've known just you or Laserbeam suddenly were finding all of these smaller creators as well. And I believe in the first week of the ClickHouse, everyone's social accounts grew by 150,000. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it, once again, I think with, uh, it, it all depends. I think, you know, if someone like, um, you know, maybe Lannan and to a slightly lesser extent, me, the, there isn't as much benefit there because realistically what you're doing when you put everyone into a house is you're getting their, like everyone's different viewers and you're mixing them into a pot and you're like letting everyone see each other. So obviously yeah. if you're bringing like, you know, Latin, for example, probably relative to everyone else's viewers, assuming that we all have the same, him and me have a lot of sub crossover is like already has like 95, 90% of that pot that knows who he is and is looking at his channel. He doesn't stand to gain as much, but I think where you really see a lot of benefit, and I think you did see that quite a bit, is with, uh, you know, I think like Cray, for example, was a good example. Yeah. You put Kath, him- If you go back and look at Kath's social blade from September, 2018, like that graph just goes boom. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Is that when um, we started the house, September? I totally forgot what month. Yeah, September. Really? Okay, you got a way better memory than me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, for those smaller channels, oh, yeah, wow. it just means immediate like explosion. Um, yeah. Are you looking at that graph now? Yeah, there's like yeah. a, a very a very sudden ninety degree upward tick. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you, and, yeah, and same for Cray and Baz, I think. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's like an immediate thing. Is if you're a small creator and you're going into a group that has bigger creators, you will benefit from this. I think yeah. this is something that Phase does very very well in terms of the value proposition that they offer. Is that it's like, hey, if you're a small player or a small creator, join Phase, and those creators just immediately will gain a couple yep. hundred thousand followers and, the, and it just can start them on a trajectory that they wouldn't have been able to get otherwise. Yeah, 100%. I think the biggest thing with YouTube is uh, when you're on that smaller tier. Actually, I feel like every tier has this like 
I, I always think of YouTube as in like in like tiers. There's like the zero to a hundred thousand kind of mark where you're kind of like you know micro level or zero to two hundred thousand. Then there's mm -hmm. that when you start getting like more around the million mark. There's that medium size. Then there's like when you're getting closer to ten million, and then there's like uh, you know obviously the, the giants like Mr. Beast. But I feel like to get from each into the next level, that you always seem to need a kick right yeah like to I, I know for me like there was a real stalling point before i hit a million and then when i was at a million it was a real stalling point before i then suddenly got the Fortnite kick and then that got me to eight and i think yeah. that that's like that's pretty constant and i think that what these houses can do is be a really good way to kind of give people that like kick and that like start of momentum you need to really get into the algorithm and start actually kind of like slamming through goals obviously you need to 100%. back you can't you can't just be like oh, i moved into a house now i'm just gonna sit around and wait for my 10 mil you've got to like you get the kick you then need to put in the work and the effort and keep Absolutely. on uploading so that that traction continues but yeah i mean long story short definitely growth huge so the next one i want to talk about is the ongoing relevancy though and i think there are a number of examples here but basically over the life cycle of a creator, everyone's going to go through highs and lows and peaks and troughs, and you'll come through points where you're really viraling and you'll go through points where you're not. And that's normal. It's absolutely a normal part of a life cycle of a creator. And when those times come and go, um, no one really knows. But I think what can be an amazing benefit of being part of a group is that if you are still in that group, and you're still part of group content, if that if that content channel has a group channel, then those peaks and troughs just aren't going to be as big. And when you want to come back and when you want to be peaking again, it's going to be much, much easier to pick it up because your, your trough is never going to be as low as it would be if you were just on your own. So one channel that I think does this super well is the Sidemen. And the Sidemen have obviously been doing the Sidemen for what, like six or seven years now, Ages. so long. And um, they've had a relatively consistent group the whole time. But through that time, each of those individuals have gone through some peaks and troughs with their own channel. And some of them have taken at times like a few months off filming and recording and uploading for their individual channels. But I feel like because they're part of that super strong, powerful group channel and they've been yeah. in those videos consistently, when they upload and when they upload well, those videos just pop because they're coming off such a high base. They're coming off the fact that so many people are keeping their name in their in their minds. Yeah. And that's just so critical with YouTube, I think, because people do like can, you know, lose relevancy quickly. Oh, yeah. People forget about you uploading. In instant, dude. Like people are brutal. Like obviously you still have... And that's not to say that you, you won't always have fans who will love you and care about you and be, you know, like always keen to see your videos. But I think it's that, you know, if you look at your audience, say, you know, if your audience is 100,000 people, maybe, or even say your audience is a million people, say there's mm -hmm. like 10% that are absolutely dedicated. That's, you know, 100K. Maybe another 10% who like, uh, you know, like they're, they're always keen. That's like, you know, 200K. But honestly, like if you're real with yourself, for the vast majority of people, and I can say this about a lot of YouTubers that I have absolutely loved over the years, like after a while, you know, if, if that person's not putting out the content that you're looking for, you will go and find other places. You need something that keeps them like ticking over and like relevant in your mind. And that is, yeah. ex that's exactly what those groups are. 
Yeah. It's the reason why a lot of creators, I think, struggle mentally with the job of YouTube because they feel the constant pressure to keep uploading. And people are like, take a break, take a holiday, take a month off. And it's like, well, I can't because if I take a month off, people will forget about me. And then when I come back, the algorithm won't push my name and recommend it as much. And therefore, I will have lost a whole heap of the hard work that I've been putting in over the last few months. And yeah, so I think the need if you have the ability to keep your name popping up in people's recommended through a group channel, then it really, really can help the longevity of your own channel. I think a hundred percent. If you've got like an audience of millions on a group channel where you're still keeping your name relevant and fresh, then yeah, you can take three, four months break, come back and people will still be like, Oh, he's back. You know, like, cause they still care about you. They still love, yeah. they're still engaging with your personality through those group videos. So yeah, 100%. I think that's 100%. one of the best things about groups. And then the second sort of area that I want to go into, and there's a little bit of crossover, but it's the benefits for brands. And there's one benefit I think here where it really crosses over, but sponsorships are obviously a really big part of a lot of creators' income. They get paid, yes, off YouTube, but they also get paid a lot off sponsorships. And One thing that I think is really, really good for brands is the fact that they suddenly get a potential cross-pollination if they're able to work with a collaborative group. Um, We had this experience quite a bit throughout the ClickHouse with us. We were able to work with some incredible brands like KFC, for example, was I think one of one of the main ones where they were very, very attracted to the idea that Click was its own little mini brand and it was a sub brand. And they weren't as interested in sponsoring individual creators, but they were very, very interested in working with a collective. I feel like kind of like the difference between sponsoring a footy team versus sponsoring like an individual footy player, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's a good example, but yeah. No, I think that's a great example. It's like sponsoring a team. And, um... And for them, I think as well, like one thing that brands can get a little bit nervous about sponsoring individual creators is the fact that they're just a person. And brands like brands like KFC are absolutely like anal about making sure that their brand is presented in the right light. And sometimes working with an individual creator can be a little bit risky for a brand because they're nervous. They're like, God, this person could go off the rails. They could say something else. They might have another opinion that we don't agree with as a brand. Whereas I feel like if you're working with a collective or you're working with a group, generally that group is going to be a little bit more brand friendly and a little bit more polished than what an individual creator themselves might have. Yeah. So I and think more predictable. there's a lot of benefit there. Much because more predictable. Because it's a blend of what everyone is versus like someone's like crazy spin-off in either direction. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Who knows what they could do? Exactly. Um, yeah. And then for the creators, obviously, they're getting exposure to a bunch of brands that they never would have before. Certainly with the ClickHouse, we had Click sponsorships that um, that would never have happened for the individual members if it wasn't for the group that was yeah. able to sell against them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
So that's that's a massive one. Um, and then the audiences. This is what I want to talk about. Why do audiences love groups? What's your like high level analysis? I mean, I can speak to it from the click side because I think I think the reason like the, the clear obvious answer with something like click is uh, I mean, number one, just top line. I think people always love group content. They love banter between people. You know, it's the same way that mm-hmm. on people's own individual level, it's fun to hang out with friends. You get fun things going back and forward. You get to, you know, and especially when you've got a bunch of personalities who like their whole thing is to be entertaining all day, every day, make jokes, have fun. When you put all them together, a lot of the time it's going to lead to a good spot. But I think yeah. also, I think the big thing with, um, you know, I think Phase is a good example to a point. I think Click is a good example as well. And definitely Sidemen is you get to, you know, a lot of the time you watch a YouTuber because it's a personality that you love. But say with someone like my channel or Lannan's channel, 99.9% of what you're going to see is, hey, is is like this. It's this like stationary face cam and we're yeah. playing Fortnite. And it's still, you know, there's still the personality and the banter. But the cool thing about, um, you know, like what we did with Click and what, um, you know, FaZe does with their stuff and what Simon did with theirs is that it, it's like a whole new, like, gateway into accessing personalities that you like. You know, you get, totally. you get to see them in a whole new light. You get to see them doing completely different things. You get to see a different side of their personality yeah. as well. Like, there's, there's things that you you know, learn about Cray from, you know, the click videos that you wouldn't necessarily know as much if you just watched his YouTube videos or his streams. Like, for example, how he always bitches about his asthma. He still does that a little bit on stream, (laughs) but you hear about it a hell of a lot more when we're running around a paintball field. Um, Yes. You know, so, and then that, but but I, but I almost think that fed back into his main content. I don't think he used to talk about it on stream as much, but because it became a thing through the click videos, then his audience started engaging with it and would give him crap. And then he started talking about it more on stream. And I think that was like a cool, like evolution, you know, where there's that feedback between the two. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it gives people more of that person's personality. And that ultimately is why I think people love watching creators in the first place, whether it's on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram, people like getting invested into someone else's personality. It's like you're becoming friends with that person in a way. And so making sure that you being able to see how that person actually interacts with other people just exposes so much more of their personality. So you feel like you know them better. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's actually a really good point. I think it's like, yeah, it's almost like, oh, this is what it would be like to be friends with that person. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, definitely, I think um, the videos that we saw that did best on the Click channel um, were oftentimes not the most highly produced or like craziest videos, but they were the videos where people could really watch everyone interact. They were the like, who knows who's best or... um, or like the couples challenge one did really well or like the Google autocomplete video did extremely well. And then videos where you get to see everyone interact a little bit more and find out more about everyone's personalities. And I think that was to me the key thing that people love. Yeah. And there's like other elements to that as well. I think people love People love the drama of it. I think it's much more like a reality TV show when there are multiple characters involved. And I think like you see that play out with FaZe for sure. Um, 
The sidemen seem to keep that offline a little bit more, but I think Faye's, you know, people know Banks. They know his girlfriend. They know yeah. his friends. They know what's happening with Faye's reign on Twitter, and it's all playing out in such a public setting. Same with the Hype House as well. Like, it seems like everyone's dating everyone, and this person's fighting with this person. And, I thought I need, to, I need honest- to, like, look more into the Hype House. I, like, I oh, literally haven't seen anything about it. <laughs> you need to get on TikTok more. I'm so but not actually, on don't, because it'll ruin your life. Yeah, okay, it, will, what- it will take over. That's if what I you're mean. not on TikTok right now, it will, it will take up at least an hour of your day. Yeah, okay. I'm, gonna, um, I'm definitely going to avoid it then. <laughs> but I think people love that. It's literally like a reality TV show. And mm. yes, it can sound a bit like, I don't know, like vapid or light to say that the drama is an element of it. But I think it would be remiss not to mention the fact that people love seeing that in the way that they used to like reality TV. And I think reality TV is going down because there yeah. is real life reality TV happening. It's not scripted. Yeah, I think I think I think people know that YouTuber groups don't have nearly as much of like a you know it's not like it's not like a lot of those reality TV shows you see on TV where there's a whole script and like giant production team and people saying okay but we need to like cover these emotional hit points for the week. A lot of the time you see um, you know like just just crazy stuff happen because it's literally just people. There is no script, and I think that mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. People just want to like they just want to get as much of it in them as they can of seeing like every single area of you know these people whose lives you normally only get to see in a really one dimensional way, which is like playing a video game on computer. Suddenly you have access to see it in so many ways. Like you know Lufu when she started her vlog channel in the Clickhouse, that absolutely popped off that content was insanely popular because it was just like oh my god this is like another gateway into seeing what happens even more behind the scenes and even more kind of like you know kind of candid than that stand than the content that was there totally totally and i think yeah and it's and it kind of goes back to that point we were talking about last week where it's like Everyone wants to see people that are living their lives in a way that is relatable, but slightly different to what other people are able to. And I think like content houses exemplify that a hundred percent. It's like these people are normal. Like the drama that's going on in their lives is the real drama that's going on in their lives for the most part. Um, But, and they could see it happening to themselves, except they're like, these are influencers. Like these guys just go around and make content all day. I don't know. I just, I just think it's fascinating. And I think that, that is like undeniably um, a big part of it. But I'm really keen to hear like from you guys listening to this as well, like leave a comment or whatever and let us know like why you think that they're really interesting. Um, because obviously it's fun to see people collaborating. It's fun to see like the the real life elements that shine through it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, I'm just thinking about Lufu's vlog channel again and thinking about how ridiculously popular that content was like everything yeah. from like showing like where there was a night where you know a few too many drinks were had or all that kind of thing and just seeing how much people like just love seeing it and obviously yeah. it's like objectively funny content but there was also like certain vlogs where it was just, like really just chill like nothing really that crazy happened but people just love seeing it whether or not it's just people bantering back and forth they still love it yeah I think it's a it's a reality TV show and in some ways I think audiences love it cuz it's like a it's like a form of like voyeurism I think 
Can yeah. you use the word voyeurism not in a sexual context? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I Do you know what I mean? Can. Like, what's an alternative word you can use? No, no, but, no, no. Yeah, no, no. I think I, it's I like think an insight. Can. Yeah, I think it's like an insight into how other people are living their life, and um, there's like an inherently human element of that that people yeah. love. Definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I think once again, I think obviously, like the vast majority of being in those groups is good. But I think the weird thing is, with only a few exceptions, uh, mainly when I think of it, like Phase and Sidemen, most of the time those those like group things they never they never last forever. And I think you know, Sidemen is probably the strongest example of one that's lasted because it's always just been that core group of seven people. Phase is a pretty good example, but obviously they're much, much bigger. People come, people go, and they're kind of like held together as like a giant mass with a few like mm -hmm. core people behind it. But I, I think when you look at stuff like Team 10, that I think that's an example of one that went catastrophically wrong. Then yeah. there's ones like, um, you know, like Click R Group, where it was just like, you know, everyone kind of did it for a year and was like, I think really vibed at the first six months. And then last six months were kind of like, ah, oh, you know, like it's maybe not as great. And then tried to keep it going six months, probably longer than it should have. And then that was when it was like, okay, this is like maybe just not the vibe that everyone's wanting anymore. Um, so why is that? Because I think there's a lot of, while so much of what happens in influencer houses plays out publicly online, I think there's a whole element to it, which are the challenges that usually people don't get to see. And so what, what do you think, like, let's talk through some of the tough points around this. I mean, like, I think we've really gone, I think, you know, I'm not going to use even click as an example, because I think we've done, we've done like basically two episodes yeah. going into the real nitty gritty of that. But I think if I was just going to top line it, it's the same reason that a lot of people will move into a share house with one of their best friends because they really want to live with them. And that a lot of the time uh, it doesn't always go well, you know, like it just doesn't always go fantastically. I think that realistically, uh, being a YouTuber a lot of the time means you probably got a very strong personality or I don't know, I would just say generally speaking, YouTubers I know for whatever reason, whether or not it's like a sense of uh, entitlement that comes around having an audience <laughs> validate you or whatever it is, I just think that generally speaking, uh, YouTubers tend to be very, very kind of like hard-headed and not as... Um, yes. compromise happy as I think most people are um, and whether or not I that's... think like to put it shortly you're putting a lot of very big personalities that are used to working by themselves yeah. and that oftentimes have big egos it's not a bad thing it's oftentimes quite necessary for the job yeah in a house together yeah like I'd, I'd say I'm someone who illuminating the strengths and weaknesses of everyone yeah and, and I think I'm someone who like I I try not to really have like a you know I feel like my the part I play in a lot of my videos and the part I played definitely in like a lot of click stuff was like oh you know Elliot's got an ego but I feel like generally like I try not to actually have that be something that I genuinely am but I think that I definitely do still have one. I think that everyone who was in the click house had one. I think that everyone, like pretty much every YouTuber in the Asophis building, and to a degree, everyone I know has like a little bit of like a hard headedness in them that comes from, it just seems to be a trait that I think most YouTubers end up developing at least to some degree. Doesn't mean you're still not a nice guy. I think guy, it's inevitable. But I think it's inevitable. Yeah, as but a what big it means creator, when you're yeah. in a house, yeah, it, it, just when you're a big creator, you've got an audience telling you that you're great all the time and or, and a whole bunch of different reasons it just comes off that it just happens to happen that way but i think that ultimately where that really then can create problems when you have these groups happen is i mean once again 
everything is so interconnected. You think about the problems that arise in a, a normal like share house that you might start with your friends. At the start, everything's great. Then it's like, ha, hey, Michael, mate, you know, you, you left that yogurt cup out again for the seventh time this week. Can you move it? And then Michael goes into his room. He's like, freaking John always getting pissed at me about leaving my yogurt cups out. Like, it's not even that big a deal. He could just grab it and chuck it in the bin. And then, you know, like someone else is like, oh, you know, like, hey, guys, like there's all this like rotten food lying around. Can we clean that up? And someone's like, oh, my God, you know, like. It, this person's so like, you know, got their finger up their butt where they just want everything to be perfectly clean all the time. It's ridiculous. And I just think that a lot of the time, obviously conflicts happen. And I think that the more hard headed you are, probably the less easy and willing it sometimes is to find compromises yeah. there. But I also yeah. then think in those YouTuber entertainment houses, you have the added element of you're mixing business on top of those existing issues. So, totally whether or not that's issues that come around like a collaborative community channel and you know i want to make this video i don't want to make this video well i know how to do content and you don't and then all that kind of stuff whether it's talking about how to like what people are contributing to that channel or whether it just yeah. comes about like hey dude you know like can you help me with this video today no sorry i'm busy and like long story short you're just mixing more and more potential danger elements in those groups i think with yeah. also a bunch of personalities that are, to a degree, a bit more susceptible to turning those areas into, like, hot points. and 100%. 100%. Yeah. And then I think there's a bunch of logistical issues as well. And each of these... The management um, speaking, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but there are a bunch of, like, you know, and this is run differently from group to group, but there are major issues around... Who's paying for all of this? Because let me tell you, these houses are expensive with a capital E. Expensive. I, yeah, I remember. And I remember when we were looking at our like uh, our balance sheet for the first year we did the Click House, and it was like it was like the entire company, like all the other employees, office space, utilities, everything else that the company was like doing was like was like this, and then it was like this house that just had a, a U bunch of YouTubers in it making one video a week for a group channel was like <laughs> that, and yeah. it was like oh my god, man, like money, um, money. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot of money, and. Let me like point out some of the issues around it. Okay, yes, you're paying for rent. Are you paying for each person's individual food? Probably not a good idea because people eat all different things. Okay, the house is starting to get really messy. This is an issue for three people in the house and the other three people don't care living in a pigsty. Who's paying for the cleaners? Who's, who's doing that? Like, is everyone splitting that equally? Okay, what if you know that someone has 10 million subscribers versus someone has 500,000 subscribers? Is the person that's paying, that has 10 million subscribers going to pay a little bit more? But therefore, if you're starting to make money out of the channel, does the person with 10 million subscribers also get paid out more or less? Or is it like everyone's showing up and putting in the same time, therefore everyone should get paid the same amount? I if don't someone, think so. That's if just someone, not how it works. If but. someone misses a shoot, do they not get a cut from that shoot? If someone, you know, like long story short, I think. There's a lot of issues. No, I, I don't mind talking yeah. about it. I want to like, I, oh, no, I no, think no. it's really important to drill into that. I 100% think there's like, there's a lot of issues. I think though that I, I feel like we, we I, I was just going to direct people to go and watch the like the other episodes we've done where I think we delve a lot, like we delve quite oh, deeply yeah. into the topic of 
issues like this, where they arise, how you can resolve them, how you can't resolve them, and where things can just inevitably, like, go really bad. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, certainly you probably need to have an ideal situation would be that you have very, very clear expectations from the start. And it's like, this is what, this is how it's working. This is what the guidelines are. um, And that's how it's going to go down. And everyone agrees that that's how it is. That would be an ideal situation, but it's also much easier said than done because you can have a situation where something might feel feel fair at the start, but then maybe someone experiences massive growth and they're contributing 90% of the audience that everyone else is getting. And then they're feeling like, hang on, like this doesn't feel fair anymore. Or this person has missed the last three shoot days. That doesn't feel fair anymore. So I think there's a number of issues that mean that creator houses in practice are very, very hard to implement in an effective way that runs over a long, long term. Um, so my, I always like if I ever hear anyone doing a creator house or anything, I just have like so much respect, so much credit to them because um, having been there, it's it's a challenge and a half, and um, and the the benefits can obviously be insane, but it is not without challenges for sure. So not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's a good place to wrap it. What do you think? Guys, if you have questions on creator houses or influencer groups and you're watching on YouTube, you can pop them in the comments below. And I'm always there answering when the video goes live. If you're listening on an audio version, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening there, it really helps us with the algorithm and having other people be able to find the podcast. And if you want to hear any more on this topic and go into a bit more depth, then go check out the episodes we've done talking about starting the ClickHouse and kind of where the ClickHouse wound down. Because we go into talking about a lot like more in depth of like logistical issues, personal issues, and also obviously all the benefits as well that we've covered in this episode too. 100%. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for watching and we will see you guys next week. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.